Tigers Uncaged. Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your hosts, Jesse and Lance. Welcome everyone to Tigers Uncaged, a podcast for the Medicine Hat Tigers. My name is Jesse Lance Dahl in studio as well. Uh, we have a lot to get into. Medicine Hat Tigers have had quite the busy couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been uh, a little hectic, right? You're starting to see the typical Western Hockey League schedule kick in. Yeah, three actually, or four game weeks. Yeah, like it seems like it. It, it was slow at the start. You gradually get into it, mm-hmm. and now that we are getting so close to the holiday break, it's like bam. You're going to play 10 games in 15 days. Well, get used to it. I mean, January, February, March, they're all like this too. Like the beginning couple months have been admittedly quite slow in the league, just a lot of weekend games. But this is more what you get. You play like once, maybe twice a weekday, and then you got a couple weekends. It's busy. It is busy. And the Tigers have been busy nonstop. The thing about the Tigers, if you haven't really been following them, well, they win one and then they lose one. Then they win one and then they lose one. That's kind of been their MO. They're around the 500 mark. And it's for a reason. They haven't went on a losing streak. They haven't went on a winning streak. I feel like they're due. Yeah, it does feel that way, doesn't it? Because time after time. You keep saying time, that, and it's true. Week after week, we keep saying, listen, they're in every game. They're in every game, and it's true. Yeah. I mean, uh, that teddy bear toss game against Saskatoon Blades, they were in it. And I'll tell you, they wanted to win that one. Mm-hmm. They had over 30 shots. They hit four posts. Because I've always wondered with the teddy bear toss game, does it get into the players' heads? Because you have media, you have everyone asking who's going to score that it goal. Has to, right? Who's going to score that goal? Yeah. So it's in the back of their minds. Yeah, yeah. You have to be thinking about it at least a little bit to start the game, and then as the period goes on, and maybe you don't score in the first, and you're starting to grip it a little bit tighter, and then period two rolls around. Oh God, we still don't have a goal. Okay, and then you're close again on the end of the third, right? And at the same time, for this last game, you're playing a really good team in Saskatoon, so that adds a little bit of an extra element where it's like you know you're not going to get a ton against Saskatoon night in and night out. They're just a well-coached and a solid defensive structure type of team. Very, very defensive structure. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they remind me of, like, the old, like, Sutter's Rebels. They're very good at, like, collapsing in, and they block a lot of shots, and they, I could see why the Blades have a lot of one- to two-goal games. I mean, they're now, granted, there's a couple games in hand that they have on other teams. They haven't played the same amount of games as everyone else, but they have like 12 less goals against than the second closest team in the conference. Really? I think they have just over 50 goals against in 25 games. So they're allowing basically two goals a game. Like it's hard to beat a team hard when they only beat. give up two in, yeah. in a league where you probably got to score three or four. Like I would say you, if you get to four or more, then you're starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. But not often do teams win 2-1 or 3-1, or 3-2 in this league. Yeah, especially in junior, because, I, I mean... You don't see it. What do you say, three... I mean, maybe the four five, obviously. Like, I would think in junior, yeah. there's a lot of high-scoring games, higher-scoring games. You're seeing that translate in the NHL now, too. Yeah. Like, a lot more high-scoring games, and uh, as these players that have gone through junior over the last few years are starting to open things up, and then they make their strides in the NHL, and they're opening things up, too. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to beat that Blades team. I'm yeah. pretty sure they only have five losses this year. Out of their twenty-five games, they're allowing two goals a game. Like, there's a lot to a lot to like if you're a Blades fan right is, now. It's been very good over there yes. as well. Then the Tigers went to uh, well, they played in Edmonton against the Oil Kings. Mm-hmm. We were uh, hoping for a W, got a W, like that. Better be beating them. Yeah, Oil Kings are struggling. You need to take advantage and win games. 
mm-hmm. beat teams that are struggling. Yeah, you got to you got to win the winnable games, right? Yeah. And then uh of course uh, later uh, earlier this week they were in Red Deer taking on the Rebels and the Rebels team started very very strong. What were they 15 and 0? Yeah, something like that. It was something insane, right? And then they got in, uh, got back down to earth, but mm-hmm. now you're starting to see that Rebels team they're getting back into their winning ways. A bit. A bit. I mean, that game was so weird because the Tigers were playing them close to start the the first. Yes. And then there was about three minutes left where the wheels started to fall off and they gave up in total game time between the end of the first and the beginning of the second, three goals in about three, four minutes. And then, so, I mean, you blink your eyes and all of a sudden you're stuck three, right? You finish the period poorly. You start the next period poorly. And yeah. It kind of just sinks the game because from there on they weren't actually too bad. I think they, after that point, they tied the rest of the game two two. But I was I was texting a buddy of mine when it got to what was it four or five nothing at one point, mm-hmm. and and I said yeah okay this game's kind of chalked it's it's done, but you still had half a game to play. So if you're the Tigers, obviously it's you don't want to talk about moral victories, but what some, like something you'd want to do is try and. Maybe win the second half of the game. Yeah, right. Well, and we talked about it before. The the Tigers are they just need to find that consistent sixty minute game because yep. as soon as they make one mistake mm-hmm. and it backfires on them, you start to see it kind of crumble. And that's what you saw against Red Deer. Yeah. I mean, they let the one goal in. It's like okay, we're still in this, and then it's just you see the momentum, and it's just they're making bad mistakes, and all of a sudden two nothing, three nothing, four nothing, five nothing. Yeah, and then you just start to see their play was like well. We're down and out. Then miraculously, end of the game, third period, they get then right back into able it. able to get back into it a yeah. bit. It's funny. That's how just young teams in general play across any league. Like when, when you're rolling and things are good, then that snowballs. But it goes the other way as well. When things are bad and you're not off to the game that you want to have, it can snowball that way as well, right? Yeah. That's kind of where this team is. They just they don't have a, a lot of those elder statesmen in the, in the league, quote-unquote. They are still quite a young roster, and they're – Still kind of going through all of this together. I mean, their captain is 19, right? Uh, a lot of times you see captains who are 20. And yep. uh, McNeil is leading the charge for this leadership group. And, and they're all kind of doing it all together. So, yeah, you'd like to see more consistency. I mean, you would. and <laughs> but, but you get what you get. Yeah, and I... It, you it can't say they haven't been exciting. They have, You're absolutely right. Yep. And uh, now they get set. Um, as you're listening to this, Tigers again set to play the Lethbridge Hurricanes in Lethbridge. Willie Desjardins, head coach for the Tigers, sitting on 399 for his junior wins. Right. You do you? I know you never want to say that you you want them to lose, but part of you really wants 400 to be at home. I know that it does. I kind of do, but you really I also want his don't want to lose to the Lethbridge Hurricanes. No. Yeah. God. On their teddy bear toss, you want to give it right back to them. So yep. you know what? Enjoy the 400 down the number three highway. We'll celebrate. That's the other thing. If they do win, let's say tonight, mm-hmm. then tomorrow before the game, we get that little celebratory well, it's, pregame. I, I would, would imagine that Troy Durrell, the media relations for the uh, the Tigers and also handles a lot of their video stuff in-house, I, I, I would assume there's a video of some be. kind or a, a, a montage of photos that is being collected and that is ready to go in case 400 hits tonight because it's very possible that it will i mean it's not like the lethbridge hurricanes are are all that good i mean their record is for some reason i think a lot better than the team actually is and that's no slight to them i just don't know that they're there i think they're and, and you see it across again you know over the course of a season you'll look around the league and some teams may be overperforming some teams underperforming and we, we saw that earlier we're starting to 
still continue-ish to see that with the Swift Current Broncos, a team that maybe is underperforming a little bit. But you have to think that they're going to be in the mix later on. And on the opposite end, maybe a team that's running a bit hotter than, than maybe they should is, is the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Oh, yeah. they, they're 1-7 of the last 10. Yep. But they still have a negative goal differential. Like, yep. like they're like five or six games over five hundred, aren't they? They are. They're sixteen and eleven right now. Sixteen and eleven, and they're a minus one on goal differential. <laughs> well, here's the thing: they're second. They're second last in goals for in the Eastern Conference. They got seventy eight goals, and Prince Albert trails them at seventy five. But they've let seventy nine in. Well, to be fair, Edmonton is fifty five or something like that, so they'd be third last. To be fair, don't forget Edmonton. Oh, I know. Yeah, sorry, they're in the bottom. Yeah, I sorry. know that they are. Yeah, they yeah. are what we were last year. I get it. Sorry, my apologies. Yeah, Edmonton, T's and P's because you guys are struggling. Yeah, but get um, it. been there. I mean, for a team that's sixteen and eleven and seven and three in their last ten, they've only, they're not scoring a ton of goals, but they're not letting in a lot of goals either. So you uh, sort of get yeah. that Saskatoon thing where maybe they're winning a lot of close games. I mean, let's put it this way: out of you know, like the division teams, Red Deer, Lethbridge, Calgary, Swift, Edmonton. Like, I probably don't want to face. Swift, I don't want to face Calgary, and I don't want to play Red Deer over Lethbridge. Yeah. Like, more often than not, I think you you know what you're going to get on a number three game. It's always going to be close. There's probably going to be a fight. There's going to be a lot of emotion. Like, that happens every single time that these two teams play. But I yeah. think I would rather, if I were the Tigers, I mean, sure, I'll go play Lethbridge. Like, Calgary's kind of suffocating on defense. Red Deer's the same deal. Mm-hmm. Swift has skill on both ends of the ice. For whatever reason, hasn't translated yet, but they have the guys. It's a matter of time. They though. got the horses, you'd think. Yeah, it's a matter of time. Like, that's why I just, that's that's the reason why I think a lot of teams look around and when they look at the standings, they get a little surprised by the Hurricanes being where they're at. Yeah. Is it sustainable? Maybe. I mean, we, In my we, mind, it's not, but maybe they'll prove me wrong. When we talked to Forbes, I was trying to remember, did they have huge expectations going in here? Not really. I thought it was kind of like, a, you know, we're rebuilding. We're in the rebuild mode. But they're also a team that has made the playoffs consecutively for quite some time. Like, right. they know how to get there, right? Yeah, no, you're right. They do, they do have the pieces in place that know how to get there. They lead from the front. Like, Joe Arnson and Jeff Jones are, are two great leaders in that room, and, and they know how to get the guys going, but... I just I look up and down the lineup and I just think, man, like I I don't know how long it'll last for yeah. for the crew in Lethbridge. I really don't. Well, hopefully they can get on a losing streak starting tonight. Maybe the, <laughs> the Tigers go in there, beat them because tomorrow night, Saturday night, co-op plays Chuckapuck night doesn't get any easier because you're playing the fifth place team in Lethbridge. Saturday night, fourth place team in the East and those Moose Jaw Warriors. Moose Jaw again, another team on paper. You'd be like, they're the best team in the East. It could be one of them, you'd think, yeah. I mean, and, there's a lot of talent on that Moose Shot team. And they've made additions. Now they have Logan Dalhaniuk in from Edmonton. Uh, really, really bad news about one of their overage defensemen, which is you know how they were partly able to bring in Logan Dalhaniuk from Edmonton. But Cole Jordan, with a season-ending knee injury, oh. and so that's going to effectively end his junior career. And it's kind of like what we saw last season with Dan Baker, and it just... You hate to see kids in their final year of, of major junior have a season-ending injury, and especially for Jordan on a team that you know he's been a part of for, for a few years. He's been with the organization. He's played through some weird circumstances. He's made it to the playoffs before. Really was going to be relied upon to kind of make a push for the playoffs with this Warriors team, and now they're going to be without him. And I just I feel so bad for, the, for, for Jordan just – 
you never want injuries to creep up, obviously, at any age. But when it's your 20-year-old year, man, that just hits a little different. Yeah, it is a bummer. Like, I, I still remember that like that final final few games with Baker. Yeah. Like, just how down he was. Like He well, wanted sucks. to be on the ice. Yep. It's not yep. the same. No. So, and for what it's worth, Cole Jordan had released a statement through the team. And, and there's a, bit, a nice, really, really nice interview um, up on the Moose Jaw Warriors website. But it uh, just kind of you know leaves some some statements and some quotes from from Cole talking about his time there and how he's still going to be around the ring for the second half of the season and and you know going to be drifting around the team with the playoffs coming uh, later on in April or whatever. So so he's still going to have a presence. But in any case, you lose him. Uh, Logan Dalhaniak now comes in and will play alongside Matej Chuck. Now I think the Tigers are, and and Tigers fans are maybe hopeful that. Some of this firepower for uh, for for Moose Jaw wouldn't be in the building, but you're getting the whole lineup. And I say they wouldn't be here because of, of course, World Junior Camps, right? Yeah, Dub got snubbed. No, they didn't. Uh, quite no, a few Dub guys that I like, thought should have made there's it. There's twelve guys. There's like twelve Dub guys out of twenty nine. They got they got their uh, representation. Been it. Yeah, no, the junior should just been the Dub. There will people. There was people that said that, and like we can we can go into that a bit because. The the basis for a lot of the, the selection was 03 guys. A lot of the people who are taken to camp are 2003 born. And so the timeline on Twitter was starting to lose it a little bit because it was like, no Matt Savoy, no Connor Geeky, uh, Denton Matejchuk and Moose Jaw not there. Jagger Furkus didn't get a look. Uh, and you can go into the other conference as well out west and, and say the same thing with a handful of players out there. But the reality is that all those guys are like 04 born. And yeah, they're really, really good, and they've been having great seasons, like especially Savoy and, and Geeky, of course, in Winnipeg. They just felt like they were taking 03s. When you look at it, they took one 2004-born defenseman, Korchinski, in uh, in Seattle. They take Connor Bedard. I mean, who's leading? He, I mean, he's leading the CHL in points, obviously. And I think they took the number two point getter in points in the CHL, who is also either an 04 or an 05. So the, this is the long way of me saying, like, next year these kids are going to be going, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Matej Chuck will be there. Fergus is going to get a look. Braden Yeager is going to have a look. Savoy, Geeky, depending if their teams loan them back, will have a look, as I assume they're not going to be in Winnipeg next yeah. year. So like, there, there's going to be a chance. But, yeah, there was a lot of people that were pretty upset. Well, is there an argument to be had that you get some of these younger kids that are good so that you mm-hmm. build that relationship yeah. so you have that dynasty of a junior like team? year after year after year. After year, year, after, year yeah. after year. Or is it because it's only X amount of games per year that it's still not long enough for to, to build the dynasty dynasty off relationship yeah. is not a thing in, the, in w- the world juniors? I don't know. I would say it's more like... Like I would have, I would have liked to see a couple more O fours go to camp, and not necessarily to try and make the team, but to get the experience, right? Right. Because it is kind of, it can be overwhelming. Now, maybe not so much for for some of those high end players, and obviously they're all high end, but the ones who have been touted, highly touted since they were kids, like Bedard, who are used to the constant attention and, and media spotlight, so to speak. But there's some players that are out there that maybe haven't had as much of this attention brought to them. And now you're getting thrown into it over the course of really a month, right? So to, to have the ability even just to go through the camp and know what it's like and what the process yeah. is and, and kind of get a feel for, for what to expect. Now, again, a lot of these kids have gone through Hockey Canada in some way, shape, or form, whether that be at the under-17s or at you know, d- different Hockey Canada sanctioned events. Like they're, they're, They could be used to it. 
It's just something different with World Juniors. I think World Juniors is the epitome of the of yeah. the the juniors, right? That's why they call it the World Juniors. That's why you. It's nice to be in the U seventeen. You're very honored to be there. But the creme de la creme, yeah. the NHL of juniors, yeah. the World Juniors. That's a hundred percent right. And so anyway, do they cap it on how many people can come to camp? I like think at usually what point could you bring like hell? We'll take the top one hundred kids and we'll put you in all of these yeah. camps. And I think it's usually around twenty nine or thirty. That's how much I, they I can don't take. remember for sure. But it's always around that number, if I remember right. Right. The one thing that I was surprised with is that they took four goalies to camp. They oh, yeah. like, but again, they have two Western League goaltenders. Yeah. Now we don't see them all that often, but uh, Thomas Milich in Seattle and Tyler Brennan in Prince George are two representations of the Western Hockey League. There, uh, th- there's a lot of guys from the Dub that are going, so I understand that there's frustration and probably for the players as well that they weren't selected to go to the training camp. They'll get their chance next year. And I, I'm really happy that NHL teams allowed their players to go. Like Dylan Gunther's going to be there. Uh, Brant Clark's going to be there. I think I saw Shane is Wright going Yeah, too? Shane Wright being being released as the well. The one thing I have with Wright, and um, this is just questions being asked. Yeah. Uh, she's struggling in Seattle. He's, yeah. he's not the guy that I think people thought that they would. Right. Is sending him to the camp is that the right move? Is that oh, yeah. is that him? Is that going to get his confidence back? Hundred percent. Because there are some people that I saw. Listen, he's not making it in the NHL. They shouldn't even look at him in the juniors because we want the juniors that are playing the better right. hockey right now. No, that's that's crazy. Send Shane right. Yeah, <laughs> he's so good. Yeah, like he, he's having a rough go in in a new system and he's learning how to be a pro. Right, and that mm-hmm. transition isn't always easy for everyone. Um, he's he's somewhat fortunate. Like there, they have Matty Beniers in Seattle, who's a rookie this season and is kind of taking a lot of the headlight and the spotlight off of right. Yeah. Because not many people are paying as close of attention to Shane not really getting in the lineup because Matty Beniers has been playing so well, and they're yeah. like, man, look at look at how well this is going. Yeah. So so he's benefiting from that a little bit, but I've never heard of anyone going to play for the world juniors at any like on any team even the teams that go and just get smoked like historically like they've never gone there come back and felt worse about their game right you know right. Yeah, yeah like you always yeah. have a bit more confidence when you come back no matter uh, on how you know the results go is there a guarantee he makes the team shane right yeah do you think so I like mean, yeah. because of the name himself he yeah. would make that team no matter what I mean, he's more skilled he's, he's gonna be the top line center really okay I mean, he's better than than most of the other players. Right. Like maybe Connor Bedard plays one like center on the one line, maybe. But I like Shane Wright's just he's good. Yeah, he's very good. Uh, going back to it, and if I could bring the Tigers into yeah, this, yeah. um, because you're right, I I think that it's really good for some of these kids to get that experience, just to go to camp, yeah. knowing that they're not going to make the team. Mm-hmm. What is the appropriate age? Like you look at a kid like Gavin McKenna, not this year obviously, yeah. but next year when he's finally playing in the dub, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of talk around him being a 15 year old. Right. Could you see him getting called up, pretty much just to be around, get used to it? And then you know get like sent down to Hockey Canada. You yeah, know. to the World Juniors. Like to be to be like, yeah, we're gonna select you. You're right. not making the team, but we want you to come learn more out of this. No, no. What's the appropriate age? 16, 17? Like, I don't know that they're ever knocking. Like, if if they're taking you to camp, it's because they think you have a shot at making it, and yeah. they want you to fill some kind of role, right? And if you look at the the lines or uh, the lineup rather of of who they've taken to camp, it's all different play styles. You have different looks, different sizes, 
and, and there's kind of this roadmap of, okay, we want this to be filled. We want to do this. We want to kind of, you know, check this box off. And then they have a nice mix. But they're not going to take somebody just for the sake of taking them to camp, right? right? Yeah. And that, that's the other end of it is, is like, it'd be nice to be able to go and take these guys and, and throw them in and let them experience camp. But, like, I don't know, McKenna, if he goes to camp at 16 for Hockey Canada, it's because they actually think he has a chance at making it. Well, I mean, it. if he lights it up in the dub at 16, 15, like 15, 16, then he yeah. might get looked at it, right? Yeah. Might I mean, there's nothing saying that play. he wouldn't. Yeah. It's just it depends on if they actually think that he's going to have a sh- chance to make it and if they have an available opening in the role that hey, they would want him to play. Yeah, the science of just being selected in the World Juniors to me is just fascinating. There's yeah. just there's so many Canadian-born junior players, yeah. and we're very, myself, I'm very I'm snob-like where I only really pay attention to the East right. in the dub because yeah. that's kind of what I see a lot of. Yeah, Even we in our really, own league, I don't really see what's going on in the West. We get a lot more... Of, of our Eastern Conference and, of course, the Western yeah. Conference, right? And so, I mean, you got kids from all over, and if you're only taking 29 of best of the best, it's, it's just it's mind-blowing <laughs> to me. And that then again, like I said, you're trying to check all these different boxes, yeah. right? So and then you have NHL players coming back. That are in the NHL that are getting, uh, yeah. It's, it's not easy. I mean, at what point do you have what they do in the U17 and you got Canada Red, Canada Black? Yeah. I, I mean, know it'll it, never happen yeah, in World Junior, but you could. Like a buddy texted me and said, like, listen, the, the team – that could be made out of players who get cut or are not invited. Like you can combine that group. They'd probably finish like second or third in They'd a group. They'd probably get a medal. They they could. They could push for one. Yeah. 100% they could. That's, Very interesting stuff. There's a lot of depth there, but. Yeah. Um, well, as we get set, another busy weekend for the Tigers. I mean, I'm. Yeah, we spiraled a bit. We did. We, we were talking do. about Moose Jaw. We really did. Want to come back to Moose Jaw. That's because Moose Jaw does have a lot of talent that they I do. was really surprised that did not make. The, the one that I was really surprised about, like more more so than even Savoy and Geeky, and I think those two were the were the biggest ones for the majority of Twitter. But mine was Denton Matejuk. I really thought that he would find a way to to be at camp and maybe fight for like a seventh defenseman spot. Yeah, kind of what Kale McCarr did. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying they're the same player, but mm-hmm. they they similar. they play similar. Yep. Um, but that just wasn't the case. But Mine was it, Braden Yeager. I, I, yeah. I, I hummed and hawed about this kid last year that I was scared of him. Yeah. Scared of him again this year. I think just the, the age is the biggest thing with him because he's an 05. Yeah, so he's yeah. he's two years off, right? Yeah. But we'll be having this conversation next year about Braden Yeager if he doesn't get invited to Team Canada. I mean, 34 points in 28 games. He's very good. He's very good. And good in his own end. Yes. Like, he's not a defensive liability at 17 years old, which – that actually is saying quite a bit because there are a lot of 17-year-olds in a in the Western Hockey League that are a bit of a defensive liability and he's not one of them. He plays he plays a full 200-foot game. He kills penalties. Like that's what's going to be interesting for next year with Braden Yeager because he can play every single unit. Like in Moose he's on power play, 5 on 5, he takes the top guys on the other team. He's killing penalties with Furcus. Like they do it all there. I mean, Fergus also thirty six points. <laughs> so I mean, those two together is yeah. a it's a huge one two punch for Musha. Be interesting, but uh, the Tigers are gonna have their hands full on Saturday. They played well this year against Musha. I'm curious if Connor Unger starts for the Warriors, and I don't know if I talked it into existence or because I realized it, made the point, and then it started happening. That I just think that I'm the reason why the Tigers were finding success against Unger. But there was a game. Uh, it was when there was the home and home with the Warriors a couple weeks ago. Remember that uh, Friday, Saturday? And the Friday, the Tigers lost, I believe it was. Yeah, they lost the Friday, and they did find a couple goals on the glove hand side of Connor Unger. 
And I said, you know, they seem to have found something there. And then Saturday, basically all their goals the next night against Unger were on the glove side. If they start Unger against the Tigers on Saturday, watch for the glove side. His left side might get exposed again. If I'm seeing this correct, when they played, because it was the home and home. Yes. So the Friday night in Moose Jaw, I think they took him out. Because they, the Tigers had yes. 17 shots on net, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Tigers scored four on 17. That's right. They took him out. They play him the next night yeah. in Medicine Hat, 38 shots. Mm-hmm. He let in four, but I believe Moose Jaw won that in overtime. That was it. Yeah, that was that was that's right. Overtime, yeah, it, must it was have an overtime. overtime. It was an overtime loss uh, here, and then they went the next night and went to went to Moose Jaw. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah it was an overtime loss here. They go to Moose Jaw the next night because they almost won that game, but they gave up a late goal. Yeah. It was about like ten yes. seconds left, and then they go into Moose Jaw. They expose the gloves some more, and then they got pulled with yeah, like four on seventeen, like you said. Right. So maybe he doesn't start. Just saying, maybe if Connor they're Unger's, sitting there going, I don't know. Now, for those who are wondering, and you're going to see an Unger in net. Because their backup, Jackson Unger. Yep. Both from Calgary, completely unrelated. They spell their last name slightly differently. One with an E, one with an A. But oh, if yeah. if Con- yeah, I know it's weird, right? But if Connor Unger starts, watch the glove side, because I feel like I am just the smartest man alive and called this and now all of a sudden I've seen it. Maybe it's just because I'm looking for it. I don't know. And the last time uh, we have seen oh yeah, when he came in, right. He came in, Tigers did score on ten on ten shots. Yeah. They got one in when he came in. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first shot he saw. So three point eight four goals against with an eight seven five save percentage. Mm-hmm. Like he's gonna be good down the road. Like he's not their immediate Jackson Unger, but he's learning from Connor a bit. Connor Unger's bounced around a, a handful of times, right? He was in Brandon and then uh, went over to Red Deer last season. Quick tour of duty there, and now in Moose Jaw. And uh, he's a good goalie, but I think they found something the Tigers did. So. Interesting. Well, we'll, we'll find out Saturday. Hopefully, you'll come down there. It is Chuck a Puck night, which is always fun at co-op. I'm place. looking forward to Saturday, man. I got a good feeling about this weekend. Yeah, I really do. Wait, we need. I don't, a good I don't know why. Uh, let's end the uh, the podcast with our favorite game. Who's starting a net this weekend? Yeah, that's man. Isn't this the million dollar question? It feels like it's always a million dollar question, but it's it's really interesting this weekend. Yeah, I I, I think tonight in Lethbridge, it's it's got to be Lanco. I mean, you think so? You go back to him? Yeah. Because didn't he get pulled? He got pulled in Red Deer. And they went to, they went to May. Mm-hmm. So maybe you give. I mean, there's 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 reasons for both, right? Every time that we go in there and we think we know, Willie shuffles the deck on us. That's true. Does he does he listen and do the opposite? <laughs> so I think if if we both go one way and he goes the other, I'm convinced he's listening, and yeah. then I'm going to take credit for the glove hand side of Connor Unger. Okay. Well, I'm then do. I'm going Lankel for both. Sure. I you think he's going to play both? I think he's playing both. No. No? No. Well, then if that's the case, then it has to be May tonight. May has to play one of these. And then Lankow tomorrow. To play one. But they're both, Moose John Lethbridge are so evenly yeah. matched in the standings and the goals and all that. Yeah. Who, in your opinion, is the harder team? Yeah, I mean. They're both 7-3 and three in their last 10. Yeah, there's reasons for both, right? I don't know. I would probably play Evan May tonight. Evan May tonight? Yeah, just be... Like you're gonna have the the same schedule next week. You're gonna play Tuesday, Wednesday next week, and I think Friday, Saturday. Yep. Um, and then you're gonna be off for Christmas, so you're kind of doing this last push for the Christmas break. I yeah, I would go Evan tonight. Throw right. May in, and then let Beckett have an extra night to to gather himself. And unless he's had a really good day of practice yesterday and today, then maybe you go Beckett. But I would go May tonight. Well, tomorrow. Whoever it is, I hope they walk into the MMAX Center in Lethbridge and they get a big old goose egg. We want to shut up that for, their, would be, for their teddy bear toss night. 
That'd be great. That would be great to see. Twitter uh, would explode. Your Twitter <laughs> would explode. My Twitter will explode. I'll be yeah. all over left. I, I believe it. Uh, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Hopefully, we'll see you down at Co-op Place this Saturday for Chuck a Puck Night. Go Tigers, go. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season. Oh, 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 oh.